Carol. Thanks, Carol. Hi, I'm Ransom, a compulsive overeater. And uh, I'm very grateful uh, to be here. Um, although I, <laughs> I know that I'm supposed to say I'm very grateful to be here. At this exact moment, I actually do feel uh, very happy to be here um, because um, knowing that I was leading today did um, sort of um, impact my actions. Um, this is, and I actually, when they asked me to speak um, on December 25th, I actually picked, well, they asked, they gave me a range of dates, and I picked this date because I thought, oh, for sure, this is going to get canceled. <laughs> but uh, it didn't get canceled. Um, and it was good because it forced me to, um, uh, you know, the holidays are challenging for most people. And, um, yeah, and I did my celebration last night with uh, my family of choice. And, um, and I guess knowing that, um, I was, you know, leading today made me be extra clean about my food. Um, so that was, you know, that was something I was very grateful for. Um, I've been in program for, uh, well, I guess I've been in, um, various 12 step programs, uh, Al-Anon was my main program for many years, and now OA is my main program. Um, and I've been um, abstinent uh, for four and a half years. And I'll just qualify what my abstinence means uh, to me. Um, and like many people in OA, it's, you know, I wear my abstinence like a loose garment. Um, you know, I just try to be honest about my food with my sponsor. And... Uh, and uh, my bottom line abstinence is um, I do not keep red light food, foods in my house. Um, fortunately, I live alone, so I do have that luxury of I just, you know, there are just certain foods I don't allow in my house. And um, that's the first part of my um, abstinence. And then the other part is not having food delivered to my house. Um, having food delivered to my house is really what brought me into program. You know, it's what brought me to my knees uh, because uh, that's how I realized that I was, you know, completely powerless over food. Um, I knew that I used food to sort of, uh, as a way to comfort myself, uh, soothe um, uneasy feelings, feelings of social awkwardness um, or feelings of anxiety um, or, you know, feelings of being alone um, or anxious, you know, food is just sort of uh, sort of an all-purpose uh, way to self-medicate. And I always felt like, oh, it's harmless, um, you know, at least I'm not an alcoholic because alcoholics, alcoholics do, um, it does run to my family and I grew up in an alcoholic home. So I sort of was like so laser focused as from the time I was a child not to become an alcoholic. But you know, the same those compulsive behaviors uh just I still have the ism. So the compulsive behavior just sort of, you know, it's found its footing in food rather than um in other substances. So, you know, and of course today um 
all of my best friends are in AA, or um, every almost everyone I know is in at least one 12-step program. And um, that is what really has, um, you know, that's one of the things, one of the great blessings of this program is just being able to um, find a community and uh, of like-minded people. Um, so I'm going to go back to what it was like um, when I hit my bottom. Um, you know, I would start off the week with the best of intentions. I would um, go to the grocery store, buy all of this healthy food for the week, and um, and, I, and I would usually be good uh, and uh, be able to control the food for breakfast and lunch. And then I'd get home for dinner, and, you know, typically I would just feel very tired, very anxious. I had a very stressful day at work. There was always sort of an excuse where I felt entitled. Um, you know, it's like I don't want to eat that healthy food that's in my refrigerator. You know, I've had a rough day, and um, I just want to treat myself. And the way I sort of was, I thought I was taking care of myself was by ordering food. And um, as we all know, when you order food, um, you know, restaurant portions are pretty hefty. Um, and I was conditioned from a very early age not to eat um, or not to leave food on my plate. So I just, you know, I was definitely a volume eater. And, um, and I definitely had a problem with confusing, uh, I think, being lonely and being, and being tired. Uh, with being hungry. So, uh, for example, um, I think I would just, <clears throat> you know, towards 10 o'clock, like let's say hypothetically there was a day where I ate a healthy dinner. Then all of a sudden at 10 o'clock, um, I was probably just feeling lonely and tired, but I perceived that I was hungry. So I would um, <clears throat> order food from, you know, a grocery store that delivered and uh, would eat, you know, a pint of ice cream, um, you know, and then it just creates this whole um, sort of a vicious uh, cycle. Um, I mean, one of the ways um, that I was like hitting my bottom, well, there was, I guess, three things. One is I was taking antacids every single day, um, which, you know, it's not normal for someone who's basically healthy. Um, I was uh, the delivery man from Yummy, uh, the store that delivers, uh, you know, saw me on the street and said, oh, hello, Mr. Mayfield. He wasn't even delivering to me, but he knew, he knew who I was. <laughs> and... Um, and then the third thing was, uh, you know, just my bank account. I was ordering so much food online that it just wasn't sustainable. So I sort of knew, like, okay, I either need to go to OA or DA. And um, I knew, and I came to OA, and I'm very grateful. Um, like most people, I did, um, you know, I was already familiar with OA. I had, like, been to some meetings in the past and had had a few sort of short stints in OA. And usually had just gotten a little bit of relief and then was able to sort of, you know, get on with my life. But, you know, I really had to commit with 
commit to the program uh, this time. And, um, and I did get relief. I did, um, you know, just from going to meetings, you know, I immediately got some relief. Um, and then, you know, um, I was resistant to get a sponsor. Um, and I'm not even sure why. Um, when I was in Al-Anon, you know, there's sort of this, uh, Perception like, oh, you need to find, like, this thing like, finding a sponsor isn't really urgent. You should wait until you find the perfect sponsor. And, um, and I sort of decided to, well, eventually I was open to doing things differently in OA. And, um, at one of the kitchen sink meetings, after the meeting, um, a woman came up to me and she asked me if, you know, I had a sponsor. And um, then she immediately just sort of walked me over to uh, Michael B. <laughs> just sort of said, like, okay, this person doesn't have a sponsor. So, um, you know, I told him what my main problem was, is, you know, nighttime eating. And he just says, well, just call me tonight um, and tell me, you know, sort of, you know, call me at the end of your day and just tell, you know, and just check in with me, you know. And, um, and he has been my sponsor ever since. So I do call him at night, uh, because that's, you know, sort of traditionally my time of eating. Um, and I tell him, um, you know, I sort of do my check-in and my 10th step and, uh, tell him, uh, you know, that I was abstinence or, you know, areas that I'm struggling with and then tell them what I'm planning to eat the next day. And, um, and eventually we work the steps and, um, you know, and, you know, I have gotten a lot of recovery. I have, um, I guess what it's like now. I, you know, through being of service, um, I've been able to to make connections with people, uh, which I'm very grateful for and feel a part of the community. Um, and, you know, I've gotten physical recovery. Um, you know, when I came in, I wasn't really obsessed with losing weight, even though I was overweight. Um, I just wanted to uh, halt the, um, you know, halt what damage had been done and um, just my goal was not to gain weight and um through you know i really felt like okay i'm middle-aged you know my weight is my weight is what it is um but through being in this program and just um you know um modifying my behavior and having a sponsor and being accountable and planning my food in advance i actually you know, over the past uh, four and a half years, I've lost uh, 50 pounds, which, um, you know, it's, I don't know how I did that. <laughs> um, I The only reason I know I did that is because, you know, I got uh, direction from my sponsor to start weighing myself, uh, you know, once a month because uh, I had developed a phobia against uh, weighing myself. Um, and... You know, part of that um, weight loss, the last 10 pounds, came during 
um, you know, the stay-at-home order. And, um, and I have to say that, you know, the reopening process has been very uh, challenging for me because, you know, I have sort of fallen into obsession of, well, what, what was I doing differently during the stay-at-home order where I lost, um, 10 pounds? Um, because, um, in my mind, I was sort of eating a lot, but, um, you know, I sort of have like honed in on, you know, specific foods I was eating, um, as part of my routine, uh, before that time. And, uh, so I'm, you know, realizing that, okay, I'm, uh, like for example, I stopped eating sandwiches and just went, you know, straight to only for salads for lunch. And just, and there were a lot of little modifications like that, but I think they all just sort of added up. And I'm really, um, you know, either in a good way or a bad way, obsessed with, well, you know, what was working and, um, not wanting to fall into, you know, unhealthy patterns. Um, again. Just five minute warning, Ransom. Okay. Thank you. Um, yeah, so in terms of recovery, um, what I'm, well, I'll just say, um, in terms of compulsive behaviors, um, the, um, I've been good about my food, um, more or less, although, you know, this time of year, I do find, you know, being in uncomfortable situations or new situations or, you know, being in situations where all of a sudden food that I normally wouldn't eat is available. Um, you know, that's been challenging, but, you know, I've, I've been doing okay with that. But, you know, I had, um, this is maybe veering into like, a, well, my, I guess my food, I've been so like rigid, um, or so laser focused on my food that my, I guess sort of compulsive tendencies uh, started to rear their starting to like um, ooze out in other ways. So I had been on this um, two month um, hiatus from buying anything online. Um, and the past few days I have just been compulsively looking for, you know, the perfect um Christmas decorations on sale online and it was just sort of um I realized that you know instead of turning towards the food I was um turning towards this sort of other compulsive behavior of just sort of checking out and just zoning out and you know doing something and I was listening to a podcast this morning I did wake up early and I was listening to podcasts of OA speakers. And actually the first person who speaker I listened to said like, she realized that, you know, nothing she could buy online was going to bring her happiness or was going to give her peace. And, um, and I kept, you know, this morning wanting to like reach for the iPad to, uh, <laughs> to see like, okay, maybe, you know, maybe if I search these keywords, what I'm looking for will magically appear. Um, 
And, but I just, you know, but listening to that podcast, you know, it was just like the person was speaking to me like, okay, nothing I can buy online is going to um, bring me peace or make me feel, um, you know, inner serenity. Um, and uh, so I, I guess I just sort of muscled my way through it. And um and I'll just close with saying the other thing that I've learned um, in program uh, is sometimes at night when I feel hungry, you know, there are certain things like I could, you know, technically I can eat a snack at night. You know, I could have, you know, a yogurt. Uh, but at night, you know, a lot of times what I'll do is I'll, I'll feel this urge to be hungry. And I think, well, maybe I'm just tired and I'll just like, you know, if I haven't fallen asleep within, um, you know, 20 minutes, then I can have, you know, the yogurt. And um, and 95% of the time, I I fall asleep. Um, so, you know, it's just sort of is something I've learned that um, sometimes just, you know, um, not, you know, when I think I'm hungry, I'm not really hungry. I'm just tired. Um, and I just need some, you know, some, yeah, rest and physical recovery. So that's a tool that, you know, helped me a lot, uh, the past few years is just, um, and remembering what some people in this room, uh, in the room say is that, you know, no one ever died of starvation, you know, from not eating, uh, between, you know, nine o'clock at night and nine in the morning. So, um, just have to remember that too. So, um, and I'll just say that, you know, I went from having to take antacid, you know, every single night uh, to, you know, now I only have to take antacid medication maybe once or twice a year. So, um, and that's it. So I look forward to hearing your questions. And um, I'm going to, let's see. Um this is the time for questions only. There's no sharing at this meeting. If you need to share, please do so with any one of us after the meeting. Also, please remember that the opinions of the leader are my own and not those of Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. When asking questions, you need not identify yourself. If you asked a question last week, please wait until the first three questions have been asked before raising your hand. If you have a question and are in person, raise your hand. If you are on Zoom, type your question into the chat, and the tech host will read it out to the group and the speaker. We will alternate between in-person and online questions. The speaker will repeat the question before answering. Um, Julie. Thank you. Uh, how has uh, working staff Affected your relationship with family work? Um, yeah, working the steps, I did um, work all 12 uh, steps with my sponsor. The way it helps my family of origin is, um, you know, both my parents have uh, did pass on before I came into OA. But I think working the steps did help me uh, deal with a lot of the resentment. I have against them. Um, I feel, and of course it is an ongoing process, but 
you know, I think through working the steps, I'm able to have more compassion uh, for my parents um, and focus on, you know, the good things uh, that they did. Um, one of the things about, you know, one of the things I've realized through working the steps um, with my relationship with my parents is, um, you know, they, in a sense, um, I think one of the things that can make someone a good parent is their intention not to repeat, you know, the mistakes of the past. And uh, my parents, they both um, had issues with their uh, families of origin, and they really made a conscious decision not to repeat those mistakes. Um, unfortunately, they just made completely different mistakes. Uh, but I do appreciate the fact that they really did not um, – you know, repeat those generational uh, patterns. You know, they really did try and do their best. So I do feel more compassion uh, for my parents. And uh, so that has been, I think, working the steps has helped me with that. Um, with my, uh, I only have one living relative, uh, a brother who's a few years younger. And, um, you know, we just have a very cordial relationship. Um, I wish we were closer. Um, I didn't really, when I did my fourth step, I didn't realize any specific, um, you know, amends uh, that I owed him. You know, we we just, we have a, basically a good relationship. It's more superficial than I would like, but, um, and I do have a hard time discerning uh, what percentage of that is, you know, my part and what percentage is his and, you know, and uh, just, Wondering, yeah, so I don't think, um, to be honest, working the steps has not like, in any way transformed my relationship with my brother. It's just sort of has been steady. Um, and I can't say it's completely satisfying, but, um, you know, that's sort of where, where that stands with my family. So thank you. Is there a question online? Hi. Um question and uh i guess repeat it they're saying uh, i got a message to that okay. guess, in the room <laughs> thank you ransom what was it like the first time you walked into an oa meeting and how does it differ from how you feel today or your experience today um well the first time you know, I walked into the room, you know, I did feel very uneasy, but um, I was, um, you know, walking into OA, I had already had some experience with 12-step programs. So, like, the formats and, you know, the God stuff didn't really, um, you know, bother me. Um, the way, you know, sometimes, um, for example, when I first came into 12-step, you know, the whole trying to reorganize or rethink my relationship with God, um, you know, was, was challenging. Um, I feel like, um, you know, obviously I would, I do have this problem of trying to be invisible, um, both in my personal life um, and in my, um, you know, and in recovery. Um, I think that's, you know, a childhood 
defect, you know, it was a, or a childhood coping mechanism was just trying to be invisible and not create ways, not be noticed. Um, I'm a master of not being noticed in a crowd. Um, I just know, you know, where to look, where to not look, you know, how not to make eye contact, where to sit, where I could, uh, sit near the exit, where I could make a quick exit. Uh, but, you know, through, um, you know, having a sponsor who's encouraged me to take service position, you know, it has forced me to be more um, present and more recognizable. Uh, people do know who I am now. I can't, uh, I'm not completely anonymous. And, um, you know, I do feel a warm feeling um, when I walk into the room. Instead of feeling uneasy, I do feel, um, you know, when I get here, I'm glad, that, I'm very glad that I'm here and I'm very grateful. And I do feel um, a sense of community, uh, which is, you know, something that um, I guess we all need. So thank you for your question. Uh, we have a question in the room. Um, so the question was, um, when I call my sponsor every night, um, how long do I talk? And it's, um, I guess that is a, um, <laughs> well, I guess, yeah, he's never, my sponsor's never fallen asleep on me, although he, <laughs> on me, though I have heard stories. <laughs> yeah, my, um, and this again goes to my, um, I guess my childhood history of not wanting to be, like, I don't want to be a bother to people. So I tend to, um, I tend to not overshare. Um, you know, I tend to just try to like say what I have to say, you know, as succinctly as possible. Cause I feel like, Oh, I'm bothering this person. Um, he doesn't, you know, he sponsors so many people and I'm these other people. I'm sure they have real needs. I don't have real needs. Um, <laughs> So it's, uh, that's something that I do. Um, so typically my conversations with him are somewhat brief and he does, you know, try to draw more information out and that, uh, you know, to force me to be honest, uh, with where I'm at. Um, yeah. So, and I guess relating to that, you know, speaking on the phone, you know, I do have, you know, a similar issue with outreach calls, you know. I feel very reluctant to make outreach calls and to share, but um, when I do, I feel a lot better. And, um, again, I feel a sense of community because if you make outreach calls, you know, if I have a handful of people I uh, call, um, you know, the more people get to know you, then the more you can, um, you know, the more you feel connected to the program and uh, the more you know, you can help each other. So, thank you. Is there a question online? Yes, there is. What character defect is vexing you most currently? And how are you working a program around it? 
Yeah, so I think the character defects um, that are manifesting themselves the most. Um, yeah, isolation is a big character defect for me. I'm naturally an introverted person, um, even before the pandemic. Um, and, of course, with, you know, current events, um, it makes it very easy to uh, justify being, um, you know, being alone. You know, you can, you know, take something that is like, oh, I'm uh, being responsible by not being around other people. Uh, but at the same time, I am isolating. So I think the character defect that I'm struggling with is, um, you know, looking for ways to connect with people, um, even if I'm not seeing them in person. So, um, so yeah, so with the isolation, it's, um, you know, trying to consistently uh, connect with my sponsor. Uh, sometimes I do, I don't do it perfectly. Sometimes I uh, will send a text instead of calling, or sometimes I'll call so late that, um, you know, his phone's already turned off, so I just leave a message. Uh, so it's like the challenge for me is, you know, not to sort of fall into those patterns, is to, you know, call him when I can, know that I have a good chance of being able to speak to him, and to, you know, make a conscious effort to call other people in the program, um, or other people, you know, not in the program, but you know, who I know um, would appreciate a phone call. So, um, yeah, isolation. So I'm using the tools, I guess, of contrary action and taking instruction. And, um, yeah, so that's, uh, yeah, so I hope that answers your question. Um, is there a question in the room? You mentioned as part of your asks, you have, you know, certain rules about food that you have in the house or not having delivery to the house. Do you have any um, uh, routines to keep you from getting caught flat-footed at home without food that you can eat and miss any situation? Yeah, so uh, the question Just is... Five-minute warning uh, before you repeat that question, Ransom. Okay, so uh, the question is, um, I guess, what routines or what uh, tools do I have? Um, even though I have certain rules about not letting certain foods in the house, or uh, not having food delivered, um, you know, there's always room for gray area. So I guess the tool is what are like the the more nuanced approaches that I use so that I can stay abstinent. And um, yeah, one thing I learned in program uh, that I heard another speaker say is that you know if a meal worked in the past, it'll probably work again in the future. <laughs> um, so I do have this uh, sort of regimented um you know i eat a lot of the same meals you know i know um so for me what works is there are certain um prepared uh dinners or food that um comes pre-portioned uh that you can cook in a microwave or in the oven um and you know those so i start off by just with that is the main thing. And then with, um, you know, what I like to do is roast vegetables to sort of supplement that. 
so I can sort of also get the feeling of, um, you know, being full. Um, so that is uh, what I do. You know, I just have a certain set of foods or certain meals that <clears throat> I know that once a week I'm probably going to eat this. <clears throat> Another time I'm going to eat this. Another time during the week I'm going to eat this. And, um, you know, I always have food in my, um, you know, in my freezer that, you know, even so that there's always something like within my range um, of what I can eat uh, is available. Um, yeah, so that's it. Just having a routine and having certain meals that I know that work um, so that I don't need to think about it. And um, also so that um, it does give me a little bit of flexibility. So, for example, I'll, you know, may tell my sponsor, you know, tomorrow I'm going to eat, you know, fish, rice, and vegetables. And I know <clears throat> that in my freezer I have, like, you know, or my refrigerator, I have, a, you know, two or three different options that I can choose uh, that will still meet that criteria. Um, so it does give me, you know, just the right amount of variety, but the right amount of um, of uh, sort of regimen uh, that works for me. So thank you. Thank you. Here's know. another question. Um, when you travel, when you you're not at home or you go away, do you take food with you? Um, yeah, the, so when I travel, do I take food with me? Um, yeah, so for example, if I was going to the, um, airport, I would probably, uh, bring, uh, you know, try to bring a snack with me or, you know, try to replicate what I would eat, um, normally with me. Um, I tend not to bring lots of food with me because sometimes, um, you know, that can, you know, for me sort of, um, backfire a little bit. So, you know, what I do is I just try to replicate, you know, I guess, for example, what I would do is um, a lot of times in the mornings I will eat, um, hard-boiled eggs and um, and baby carrots and maybe another piece of fruit. So when I uh, was traveling uh, once recently to San Francisco, um, you know, I discovered that you could, at a, you know, the convenience store there, you could buy um, hard-boiled eggs and, you know, a lot of them sold, you know, fruits and things like that. So I would buy that in the morning or I'd buy that at night that I would know in the morning, okay, I can eat I have this to eat, and um, so it takes a lot of the guesswork, like of um, you know, what am I going to eat? Where am I going to eat? You know, what can I eat that's novel? If I just could start off my day, um, you know, trying to stay as close to my normal food plan as possible, uh, that um, that will work for me. Um, I'll that's just your time, honey. Okay, thank you. Okay.